Welcome to Shi'ar Jashub, a Bible study program coming from the church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon in my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo's series on heavenly authority. The current focus is on the New Testament office of miracles from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. And when we left off, Pastor was examining how this Greek word for miracles, dunamis, was used in the scriptures. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg. When the apostles went out, when the evangelists went out, there were miracles that accompanied signs and wonders, power from God that people could not deny. There's something going on here that went hand in hand with the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you have to tear up half the Gospels, half the Book of Acts, and half the letters. And yet, do we pray, when we pray for the Gospel going forth, do we pray, and Lord, bless that going forth with signs and wonders and mighty miracles to grab the attention of those who hear, that they see that you're a real God. It's not just by words, but by the power of the Spirit. I don't know if we always pray that latter part. Sometimes we feel that the words are enough, and yet the early disciples understood it was words and the demonstration of the power of the reality of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 4 and 5, Paul says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Deuteronomy, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power, Deuteronomy, of God. That's over and over again. And I've only picked a handful. I mean, for every scripture I put down here, I left out two and three that we could have read. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Now some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you, Paul says. But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord wills, and I will know, not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power, dunamis. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power, dunamis. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? So sometimes there's a rod connected with this miraculous power. You think of Adonias and Sapphira, the miracle performed through Peter when they were lying to the Holy Spirit. You think about the, um, the magician Elimus when Paul spoke to him and he went blind for at least for a time when he was trying to misdirect the Roman leader away from the gospel of Christ. So sometimes there's a rod associated with this power. 1 Corinthians 12.10 And to another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. This is further up, up above in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 when we're not speaking about the offices we're speaking about the gifts. Obviously, to have the office of a worker of miracles, you need to have the gift of miracles. And obviously, that word there to another, the working of miracles is dunamis. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance, Paul says, 
in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Mighty deeds, that word in the Greek, dunamis. 1 Thessalonians 1.5 For our gospel did not come to you in word only, this is the point I was making before, but also in power, dunamis, and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And the power of God was real. And the power of God, how many times now we've read that when they preached, it was the power of God. And then he talks about, into Timothy, about the last days. Now, in the last days, what type of religion do you have in Christianity, in a form of Christianity in the last days? This is 2 Timothy 3, 5, having a form of godliness but denying its power. That's a cult on Christianity and all the other false religions in the last days. A form of godliness, speaking the words, but denying its dunamis. And from such people, Paul says, turn away. And then Hebrews 2.4, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders and with various miracles, dunamis. This is how God bears witness to the gospel and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. How much we need to see that power of God today. And then Revelation, the last one, Revelation 1.6, he had in his right hand seven stars, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And you think of the strength of the sun, that light coming out of the sun. Well, that word strength there is dunamis, the miracle light. And that miracle light coming out of Jesus Christ must be available along with the proclamation of the gospel. And you see how all these gifts kind of dovetail, right? Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, workers of miracles. Can you imagine if you had anointed apostles and prophets and teachers and workers of miracles? We haven't even got to the last half of the list. Working together under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you'd have, you'd have, you'd have the book of Acts, right? And then you know how a few Jewish men changed the whole world, changed the pagan world under the Roman Empire with every imagination and fantasy and thought, every sin, abomination in the societies, how could the people be changed? Well, when you see, when you put it together and you don't cut off half the gospel, and you see the power of God testifying to the words spoken, pure teaching, gifted evangelists, apostles that had miracles follow them and had the sound doctrine and were sent out, you see how the light of Jesus Christ worked through them in word and deed, dunamis, to change the world. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here today reading the gospel. So it gives us a clear understanding. Um, I went through all those scriptures so that you, there's no doubt about what that word means. You know, you talk about the strength of the sun, the dunamis of the sun. You talk about a lot of power. Now, I want to take a moment, having done that, to look at what might seem like an aside, but it ties into this. Um, if you look in Jeremiah chapter 2, Jeremiah chapter 2, and this is right before the southern kingdom of Judah fell to the Babylonians. I want you to listen carefully to what he tells them. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 2 in verses 1 to 3, you see 
God's plan for this nation Israel. If anyone tries to harm them, disaster will overtake those who try to harm his people Israel. And you have the start of a nation, a nation destined by God. He says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 1, saying, Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, when you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. Israel was holiness to the Lord, the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him, Israel, will offend. Disaster will come upon them, says the Lord. So he talks about the bright beginnings, the hope for this forming nation in the wilderness coming into the promised land, the love he has for them, and how no one can touch this nation, the apple of his eye. And then he says in verse 4, and this is many hundreds of years after that, right? And we know the whole history of what happens between the Exodus and the time of the Babylonian captivity. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Verse 5, thus says the Lord, What injustice have your fathers found in me that they have gone far from me, have followed idols, and have become idolaters. Now, you know he's got great things for them, right? Protected people, chosen people. God establishes them by miracles like no other nation at that time. A miraculous establishing of a people. And yet he asks now, hundreds of years later, a great question. And the NIV is, what fault did your fathers find in me that they strayed so far from me. What injustice. What have I done, God says to them, that you've gone away from me and you followed idols. And that word there for idols is literally vanities, futilities, emptiness, transitory things, meaningless, purposeless things, unsubstantial, worthless things, vain things, and hence signifying idols. What have I done? What injustice, what fault that you follow these vanities, these idols, and have become idolaters or have become worthless yourself? You follow worthless things, you become worthless. That's a great question. What did he do? He showed them nothing but love and goodness and established them as a chosen people with a destiny. Verse 6. Neither did they say, where is the Lord? They've forgotten him. They're not concerned about what he wants. Who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and the shadow of death, through a land that no one crossed and where no one dwelt. I brought you into a bountiful country to eat his fruit and his goodness. But when you entered... You defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. I brought you true trials. I went to great lengths to establish you in this land. I did miracles and signs and wonders as no one else has. I've given you a bountiful nation, an abundant nation, 
but you have defiled my land. You've made this heritage where I've given to you as an inheritance. You've made it an abomination. The priests did not say, where is the Lord? The religious leaders are not saying, it's not just the average person not saying, where is the Lord? Not concerned for the things of the Lord. But the religious leaders are not concerned for the things of the Lord. Your priests did not say, where is the Lord? And those who handled the law did not know me. Those that are meant to teach the word of God to the people don't even know God himself. The rule is also transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal. So you have your religious leaders, your priests, you have your civil leaders, your administrators, your rulers. Then you have your prophets who are supposed to correct. When the priests and the rulers go astray, the prophets are meant to correct, like Jeremiah. But there's an abundance of prophets, not prophesying by Yahweh, but prophesying by Baal, prophesying by the devil. Every unclean spirit coming into this place, and walked after things that do not profit. Worthless things again. Worthless idols. Vanities, emptiness. We'll continue the message in our next broadcast. Our Sunday sermon is live-streamed on YouTube at 10.30 a.m., Afterwards, it is posted up not only on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle channel on YouTube, but also on Rumble.com and now on the church website itself at www.shiarjeshub.org. You will find links to all three options on the shiarjeshub.org homepage, along with links to our radio program library.